Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by Manscaped. I'm Henry Chisholm, and I just got off the phone with, well, actually the Zoom. We don't do phones anymore. I wonder if this is going to stick. I wonder if, like, FaceTime has just gone too, and everything's just going to be through Zoom. You know, like, I, I guess because of FaceTime, like, I've always been able to call people, like, through my computer too. But I guess Zoom gives everybody that option, plus they can do it from their phone. I want, I don't know. I don't know. I wonder. But, uh... Back to the point, I just finished talking on a Zoom call with uh, oh well, all the Buffs reporters and uh, Will Sherman and Mustafa Johnson. And it was really interesting because these are guys who have been in the program for a few years. And so they, I mean, they fully grasp how weird everything that's happening is. You know, you, you take a random freshman throw them in there this is their first summer being involved with a college football program they're gonna be like wow this is weird but they aren't really going to get it um to have to be able to talk to guys like will sherman mustafa johnson and for them to say yeah we're paying attention like we know where all the breakouts are happening we know you know what we can do to stop the breakouts we're thinking about we're talking about it we're optimistic about there being a season but those are discussions that they're having in the locker room they're talking about what it's going to be like without fans uh, if if that's the case or fewer fans if that's the case and they have a very unique perspective something that you can't get from a football coach or uh, people close to the program because they're actually out on the field talking um some key takeaways though um actually before we do that i should tell you more about manscaped Manscaped is an incredible company. I went out to uh, the driving range down at, where was it? That was like the family sports center. It's like a super cool complex. And I'm going to be spending a lot of time there because there's some big golf stuff coming up in my life that we will talk about at a later date here, actually pretty soon in the next couple days, really. But uh, the point is I need to get really good at golf really fast. So I was out there. It's 90 degrees um, and I was sweaty, but... I wasn't sweaty everywhere, and that's thanks to Manscaped. Because of the combination of their Lawnmower 3.0 and also the Crop Preserver deodorant, they kept me entirely clean, entirely dry below the belt. And that's tough to do because it's 90 degrees. I hit 168 golf balls today. My hands are kind of not blistery, but I think if I were to hit like 30 more balls, they'd probably get there. Um, and it was just so nice to have one less thing that I have to be thinking about. You know, I, I had to like shake out my glove and like try to get it to dry out because my hand was slipping inside it. I think that was actually causing some of the slight blister issues. Ryan, if you're listening, it's not bad. Um, but 
below the belt again i was just fine well my feet were sweaty and that's technically below but that's not on manscaped if you guys want to check out manscaped's products go to manscaped.com use the code dnvr20 and you can save 20 percent and get yourself free shipping there's so much good stuff you know I, i've touched on a couple of them already um but the perfect package 3.0 is i mean it's just perfect that's that's what i got it, uh, it comes with a lawnmower 3.0, which is water resistance, cordless. Um, it, it has an LED light, which is surprisingly useful. So if you have like a hairy chest, hairy back, just boom, it'll just go straight through all that or <laughs> anything else. But uh, yeah, uh, they also have the crop preserver. They have the crop reviver. It's refreshing spray. It also is meant to uh, reduce chafing. Um, it comes with a pair of boxer briefs that also are designed to reduce chafing. It's really good stuff. If you're, tr if you're just curious about Manscaped, pick up that Perfect Package 3.0 and uh, you know what? I, I think it's going to win you over and you'll be buying more of their products. And use that code DNVR20, 20% off and free shipping. Okay, uh, key takeaways from today. Um, there were some pretty cool stories, and I don't know if I've said this yet, but I will play that full audio of the call for you. Um, I have some kind of bad audio. The uh, SID, the Sports Information Department, they're uh, sending out better audio here soon, and that should be here in time to plug in. But, uh, yeah. Um, so, uh, an interesting story from Will Sherman, for example. Um, apparently after Mel Tucker left, I mean, first of all, everybody's very surprised, but a bunch of the veterans got together. Um, so him, uh, Mustafa, Nate, uh, Katie, Nixon, a bunch of those guys, um, they got together, they talked, and basically said, no coach is going to come in here and get us to a Pac-12 championship. No coach is going to do that. And, you know getting away from what Mustafa actually said and what I'm going to guess happened, I think that a lot of them thought that Mel probably could just come in and take them to a Pac-12 championship because that was the aura that was around Mel. That's how Mel was treated by the media. That's how fans thought of him. That's how his former players talked about him. And you know what? He knows football. But you need to have players play good football to get there, and that's what really matters more than anything. And, and that's what that conversation, I guess, was about. Mustafa said, you know, they decided it's up to us. If we all decide we're going to put the time in in the offseason, if we pressure everybody else to do the same, we're going to be just fine. And a coach is going to come in and we'll run whatever coach's system that is. But the point of football is that somebody goes out there and scores points and somebody doesn't. And that's up to the players. So I think that if you take one thing away from all of this, that story is probably the thing. Um, so there you go. Uh, that's what we want to be hearing. Um, good reviews so far of, for both of the coaches. You know, they haven't been able to work on the field. Uh, by both coaches, I mean offensive line coach uh, Mitch Rodrig, who's working with Will Sherman, who we spoke with, and uh, defensive line coach uh, Chris Wilson, who is working with Mustafa Johnson, who we worked with. So both of those new coaches uh, who came on to Carl Durrell's staff, they got good reviews. Um, they were considered intense, um, old school, you heard some of. And I, I think that after speaking with those guys, after hearing how you know Tyson Summers has talked about being more aggressive, how um, 
you know, Carl Durrell has, has said various things about like that, you know, you have to have that identity. You have to have the defense, even if you're an offensive coach. Um, and, and I do, I don't think I'm surprised to hear that these guys are preaching physicality, being aggressive, um, you know, not messing around in meetings. And I think that it's good too, because there is very limited time. And that's something that both of these guys talked about. And, uh, you got to get to work. Um, Will also said that they've been working out together in small groups. Um, just like some of the little stuff, some of the little insights about how things are working. You know, they said that when they're doing the coronavirus testing, uh, which they had to do before they could use the facilities, they had to be cleared. Um, they didn't use the super invasive. So I, I, my understanding is there's basically like two types of tests. One, they shove into your nose a little bit and kind of just go around your nose. One, they shove way back up in your nose and like take like brain tissue. That's not real, but basically um, it's not real. Don't think that that's real. They don't take brain tissue. We don't need more fake news out there. Um, but but yeah, so the, it's not the super deep one that's really painful. It was the more shallow one. Um, from there in the facilities, you know, the locker room is still closed down. Uh, they, they're working in small groups. Mustafa said that they're just calling the groups like group A, B, C, D. He went all the way to F. He didn't know how many there actually were, but about F groups, I guess, is a good guess now. Um, and they just go in at different times. So he's in there at 9. Uh, he works out, and then he's out. Uh, Will Sherman said, I guess he didn't say what time he goes in. He said that he's pretty happy because he gets to sleep in until 10, get in there, get his workout, then spend the afternoon looking at film or working out on the field or whatever's going on. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that those are kind of the big points. Mustafa also talked about um, the protests and kind of his stance and he didn't dig into any stories about being black, but he did say that it has impacted him recently and it happens every day that something happens and he thinks, wow, I don't think that would have happened. You know, whether it's just a look, whether it's whatever, um, if he was white uh, and that's powerful stuff that's important to listen to as well. Um, but yeah, uh, I've, it's so nice to, to talk to people and ask questions and have good stories to write. Uh, by the way, subscribe to the, the dnvr.com. Um, that's the website. We're called DNVR. The website's thednvr.com um, for all the buff stuff because this should be happening every week now. Um, today, obviously, with Mustafa and Will. Next week, we'll have Darian Rakestraw and Brady Russell. So those are two guys who I would love to speak with. Um, Rakestraw, obviously, the he stepped up at safety um, after Aaron Maddox was hurt. And, uh, then when Aaron Maddox decided he was going to leave, or actually there's a whole bunch of stuff, but when he became healthy, then Rakestraw stayed in front of him. And then Aaron wasn't sure how much he was going to play. And so decided to leave and Darian held down that starting job next to Mikhail Onu for eight or nine games. Um, yeah, probably nine really, maybe eight and a half, but, uh, that's that's all great stuff, and uh, there was so much turnover. You know, McHale's gone. Um, you now have Chris Miller and Makai Blackman back from injury. Meanwhile, KJ Trujillo looked good in those last few games he played. And so with all the moving pieces, getting somebody's take, because he really is the most 
I don't know what you call it, the the longest tenured voice in that room. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm excited to hear from him. And then, obviously, Brady Russell talking about this offense, talking about how he wants to uh, beat up the opponents across from him. He always talks like that, and I love it. Uh, speaking of that, you know, that's what Mustafa said was the – biggest difference to him was that you just lose the competition because you're not going up against anybody uh, you're not working out with all of the linemen so you're you're not pushing each other like if somebody benches oh boy uh let's call let's 280 that's a very good number for a lineman i feel like maybe 300 no i can't be 300 pounds nobody can do that uh let's let's call two 280 a good standard for a lineman you know somebody does it and then somebody else is like okay well i gotta go 285 you get that competition you get the competition in the drills you get competition just because it's a group of 18 to 23 year olds 22 year olds uh, who are around each other for hours at a time and competition just breaks out um but that's kind of gone because there are so many groups um will sherman did say that he thinks this is the most talented group of offensive linemen that he's been he uh, that he's played with at Colorado um, he's been here since 2017 so better than 2019 better than 2018 better than 2017 on um, the best of the last four years so that would be pretty cool considering what the buffs have at running back and the question marks that they have at quarterback but uh I do like that and he went a little more depth there but uh, you know when you listen to the national media talk about college football, it's like there are seven teams. Like, that's really what it feels like. Just looking and, and all of a sudden, like, once every two, three months, something Buffs-related pops up. And, you know, recently it's been because of the coronavirus stuff or Rick George is on an important committee or Mel Tucker is leaving or Carl Durrell is hired. But for the most part, unless LaVisca Chenault goes crazy for five straight games... The Buffs just aren't getting any national attention until, what, and probably until they win a Pac-12 title and go to one more. And then after that, they'll at least get some attention. And then to get, like, the real national attention, to get just, like, casual mentions in the biggest college football conversations, uh, then you got to do even more than that. But it's nice talking to people who are inside the program who can say, yeah, Here's why we're excited about this team, because we decided we didn't need coaches, that we were going to go out there and we were going to win without our coaches, and now we have cool coaches, and so that's just going to make it even better. And that leadership component, I think, is very much there on this team. Um, you know, you, you look at the guys the Buffs lost last year, and, you know, they were important pieces of the locker room for sure, but that's going to happen every time you lose a player. And when you're comparing the leaders on the team in 2020 compared to 2019, 2020 wins by a landslide because last year they only lost, you know, Visca, who is a leader by example and had a lot of friends on the team and they were close and was very good for the environment. But, you know, he wasn't a rah-rah, like, I'm going to get up and give a speech and get everybody fired up. You know, that's something that Cephalufa would do, Phil Lindsay would do, but that's just not what Visca is. And that's fine, but... It means that in a leadership capacity, they didn't lose quite as much as they would, you know, maybe even if they'd lost KD, who's still around and is now even more empowered. You know, you lose Arlington Hambright, you lose Mikhail Onu, very important pieces of that football team. 
um, I, I'd even say very strong leaders, um, particularly Mikhail, but they only arrived on campus a few months before the season started, and it's not like you can win guys over and really get them to rally around you without knowing them. And they definitely did what they could, but that's just not a situation where leadership qualities are going to shine in the way that they will if you're a Will Sherman who's been here since 2017. Tim Lenat's a loss. Uh, Steven Montez, you know, we don't have to dig into that, but there were some pieces of leadership that you really liked out of him, and there were points where you said, ah, that's, that's not the move there. And that's... Mustafa Johnson, Mikhail Onu... Um, Will Sherman, we'll throw him in there. Uh, KD is a different mold than anybody, and so I don't want to throw him into this particular conversation. But but with those three guys, you do have very strong leaders who have been in place within this program for so long. And I think that that's going to pay off in the way that it paid off when you had Cepho and Phil and Cheeto and Ted and Akello. And I, maybe that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have to go back and watch some of those games. But... I think that's my biggest takeaway from talking to the players is that I think I'd be higher on this Buffs team if I had been going to spring practices every day. You know, if I had been out there talking to them, hearing about what was going on on the field, hearing about what they're working on, hearing about what they think about different things. You know, if if, if Tyson Summers had said that thing about we are going to be more multiple up front, we cut out a lot of the back end stuff, we cut off a lot of the more complicated stuff, and we're going to focus in on being good in our base defense. And we're going to do that by being more multiple up front so that it will fit in more situations so that we can keep offenses off guard. And we're going to be more aggressive because those are the two things that really paid off for us down the stretch last year. And that's really good stuff. And that makes me think, okay, that's a good plan. I really like that plan. If he would have said that two months ago when we were supposed to have spring practices, when we probably would have heard from once a week, then the next day we could go talk to Chris Wilson. It's like, yeah, so we're multiple up front. What's up with that? And then he gets to explain it. And then you're even more in depth. And you're like, oh, wow, these are really good ideas. And then you get to this conversation that we have with Mustafa today where Mustafa is saying, you know, the biggest difference between this year and last year in the defensive line room is the depth. We have so many guys. Like last year, I felt like I had to be out there for every snap because that was just my job. Now I can take a couple snaps off and maybe it won't wear my body down. You know, uh, another point that's unrelated, Mustafa also said uh, he had the injuries last year. That does make him a little more concerned about um, this current situation where there is less buildup, where it is tougher to stay in shape throughout the summer and it makes injuries more likely, um, particularly for people who have had injuries in the past or are coming off of injuries. As of now, Mustafa feels great, um, but he said that's more concerning to him than actually getting the coronavirus. You know, that he, ne- he never thought, oh, I might just stay home because I don't want to get sick. Um, but this other thing has been in his head, and I think that's important. Um, so those are a bunch of my thoughts uh, on all of this. The big one being, I just want football back, and I hope somehow it does come back. And uh, before I throw it to uh, those guys, so you guys can hear what they have to say, um, I would like to tell you about Breckenridge Brewery. Um, I was in a grocery store this morning, and there were no Breckenridge beers, which is really disappointing because uh, actually, actually, I saw something that said like 
it was actually 12 can sampler, but the can sampler was really big. And I, and I saw that and I was like, oh, perfect. I can snag another one of these cause I'm out. And uh, it turns out it wasn't the 15 can sampler from Breckenridge Brewery. It was the 12 can sampler from some worse brewery. Uh, and so I didn't buy it and I don't have any beer at the house now and I'm gonna have to deal with that. And to do that, I'm not just gonna guess that there's gonna be Breckenridge beer at wherever I pick to go. I am going to go to Breckenridge Brewery's website, go to the Breck Beer Locator, and it will tell me exactly where I can find that 15 can sampler that I really like, or uh, just like a 12 pack of Strawberry Sky. And I think I'm probably gonna get both of those things because I've been thinking about it since it was 90 degrees on that golf course. Not golf course, that practice facility. I didn't actually go. Doesn't matter. Uh, moving, al oh, also the farmhouse though, use the code DNVR. If you're getting food there, you can get $5 off your order. It's a steal. Um, I would also like to tell you about World Golf Tour. WGT has been so much fun. Um, it's run by people who we really like, including uh, Yu Chang Chen, who is a big Broncos fan, a listener of the DMVR Broncos podcast. He was just on Brandon Spano's podcast uh, on business just this week, uh, just launched. Uh, that podcast is called DNVR Biz, and uh, it's really cool talking about all the business side of things with Brandon talking with important people like Yu Chang, who is the uh, president of Top Golf Media. So he's pretty important. But yeah, he also was very involved in WGT. Um, I think even more involved with that than uh, Top Golf. But but so that's kind of where that came from. Um, our relationship with WGT because they were they understood who we were and what we could do and what would be valuable for both of us and so we have that clubhouse on the WGT app um, it's the biggest golf game in the world um, you can get it on your phone I think you can play on your computer you can get on iPads or whatever um, you can play like real courses but if you join our clubhouse the DMVR clubhouse uh, we host tournaments every week um, they're very competitive. It usually takes a pretty great score to win. Um, because, but that's how golf works. That's what makes it so fun. Um, so yeah, there's that we compete as a team. So download WGT by going to dnvrgolf.com, join our clubhouse and let's just play golf. I, this has been a golf heavy podcast. Uh, but yeah, there we go. Um, here is, uh, I believe Curtis Snyder was the one who introduced Will Sherman. Nope, it was Mustafa first. It was definitely Mustafa first. Uh, here's Curtis introducing Mustafa. One o'clock, looks like there's some people on here, so I think we can go ahead and get started. Uh, thanks for joining us, guys. Uh, we'll start off here with uh, Mustafa Johnson. Um, in about 10 minutes or so, Will Sherman will also join us today. So uh, I guess we can just uh, open it up for any questions you guys have for Mustafa. Hey, Mustafa, Neil Welk here from CU Buffs. Uh, how much do you miss football? <laughs> how you doing? Uh, I mean, Good. I miss it a lot. I really haven't. <laughs> I mean, I miss the whole hitting aspects and all that. But I really haven't skipped a beat. So I've been running, doing all my training, even with all this COVID that's going on. So, yeah. My question. <laughs> Michael, I see you raising your hand. You can ask a question. Hey, Mustafa, you mentioned uh, COVID and coronavirus. I know you can't speak for your entire team, but 
give us a sense of, of what it's like. I mean, are you guys talking about it? Are you guys nervous about it? What is the feeling amongst the football team with coronavirus going on? We're seeing all these other teams that are um, getting high numbers and high cases of it. But I think we have done a really good job in breaking this down into like being real precautious as in like everyone is getting tested before they came in. They made everyone sit that two week period before we started working out. Like they're doing tests regularly before we walk in every day. We have to scan ourselves, talk about our symptoms, all that stuff. Like, and now we're working out in groups of like 10 to 15 people. So it's like, it's real broken down. So I'm not too worried about it with how it's going on. The only thing is just like, we got to make sure guys aren't out hanging out with a bunch of people and doing all that. Because right now, Boulder is a hot spot for Colorado. <laughs> hey, Mustafa, it's Brian Howell. Uh, I was just curious if you've had any nerves about coming back to workouts or any nerves about playing football this season, you personally. What, what did you say? He was just saying if you have any uh, – if you're nervous at all about coming back personally with any, with everything going on. Oh, no, I'm not nervous. I mean, the only thing I'm really nervous about is, um, incorrectly, it's, there's a high risk of, like, injuries and stuff like that. And I'm already coming out with injuries, so that's the only real concern I have. I'm not too concerned about the whole COVID with part of it, but more just us missing so much workouts and then coming back to workouts and being expected to play and stuff like that. Hey, Mustafa, Adam Munster-Tiger. I wanted to get your uh, early impressions of Chris Wilson, your new D-line coach. How does he kind of compare with Jimmy Brumbaugh from a coaching style standpoint, just, you know, based off those virtual meetings you've had with him? Uh, they're almost polar opposites. <laughs> I'm not going to go too much into like the technique because that's going into our, our game plan is, but they're definitely very different technique wise, but um, the intensity and like knowledge of the game is all still there. So it's just going to be a different technique that I'm going to have to learn, which I'm not really worried about to expand the game a little bit to whatever is going to fit the scheme. But coaching-wise, they're real. They're both. I mean, he's pretty much real intense. Like on our on our Zoom meetings, he's he don't take no like BS. He wants he's on his points. He wants us all to be attentive, ready to go. Hey Mustafa, it's uh, Justin Guerrero. Just wondering, um, what can you kind of tell us just about the the voluntary workouts? I mean, I know you mentioned it's it's been about ten to fifteen guys you're you're working out with, but how have they been going and structurally, uh, what do they look like and what have you guys been up to? Uh, they've actually been really good. So basically how we do it is there's like a, a, B, C, D, E, and F group. Like, I don't know, there's a bunch of different groups. I'm not sure exactly how many groups there are in, there are in total. I know I'm at the, uh, the nine o'clock group, pretty much that's when my group goes more. So I would go at the same time. Um, we are broken up into like, we have different strength and conditioning coaches. So, we'll have this strength coach this day, different strength coach that day. So it's like, we're like isolated. Um, right now they're easing us into it. 
They're having us doing some striders, doing stuff to make sure our bodies are okay. And uh, we started lifting weights and doing all that basic stuff. Mustafa, this is Stuart Randall from The Athletic. And I was just wondering, you know, how well have you gotten to been able to get to know your new head coach, Coach Durrell, given you guys had really just met him before, obviously, the team had to, to you know, go their separate ways? <laughs> I mean, honestly, we really didn't get to get to know him well at all because we literally left as soon as he, like, came in. Um, I got a little bit more to get to know him because, like, we uh, we had, like, a seniors, like, meeting before everyone else. So I got to know him personally, a little more personal there in a smaller setting. But, like, if I were speaking for the other guys, we really haven't gotten to meet him. The most we've been doing is like he comes out to our practices and we say what's up and talk to him and then he leaves again. So personally, I don't think we've gotten to know him very well other than from what we've talked about on Zoom calls and the, the small moments we met before all this happened. Uh, this is I'm from DNVR. Uh, I'm just curious what the weirdest part of this is. Is it having the test when you go back in? Is it working in the smaller groups? Like, what is the difference that really stands out the most to you? Um, the biggest difference for me is competition-wise because, like, since they're breaking out in our groups, uh, they don't, like, we're not working with, like, to normally be, like, all the linemen or, like, doing this workout together and skill doing that. It's like, it's easy to compete with these guys. But now since we're trying to do the whole social distancing and stuff like that, we're like separated. So it's not as much competition as what I would like. But though, honestly, the weirdest thing to me is just the anticipation of what the plan is for the season, pretty much. Cause it's like, if we, cause my thing, my thought on it is like, if we can't even like really have contact and like, do stuff with our own teammates. How are we going to get on the field in a full contact sport and expect to not like have this contact or whatever that they're trying to prevent us from having? You know. So you don't. You I guess Mustafa, you're saying you don't see social distancing and sacking a quarterback as being <laughs> in the same world. Exactly, exactly. That is exactly what I'm saying. But like, okay. this is not possible. So, okay, I just I'm to just a little what okay. I'm at. <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. Second quarterback and social distancing don't work for me. As you've mentioned that, uh, it's kind of weird to see how this is all going to unfold. Um, do you and teammates talk about whether there will be a season? Do you worry about whether it is possible to play football this year? Uh, yeah. No, we're all worried about it because, I mean, this is our life. We, we, we're we here all the time. Mostly we get small breaks in between to go back home. But, yeah, no, we, we talk about it regularly. It's actually interesting to hear what some people feel about it, what some people think about it. But for the most part, um people are optimistic about having a season. So I guess that's kind of where everyone's on, at least on our team is that we're still on the hoping side of, yes, we're going to have a season, but I mean, it's really not a day that goes by that we don't really talk about it. 
because there's always new things coming up on Twitter and stuff that we see with the updates of what's going on. So. Hey, Mustafa, just, I mean, if you, if you, if you're looking at, at the defensive line room, just you being um, a, a leader in that room, looking at it now versus maybe a calendar year ago, I mean, what kind of differences do you think there are? I mean, I know there's a lot of young guys last year that got thrown into the fire, guys like Naeem that, that you played a role with, with helping to mentor as well. But overall, just what is your assessment on the, on the room right now? And maybe where was it a year ago compared to now? Uh, I mean, oh, hello, can you hear me? Yeah. Uh, yep. Like, I would just say that um, we got depth. That's the biggest thing is depth. Now that we have guys that were able to come in and, like, play and get that experience, there's less worry and less, like, strain on, oh, I have to play every snap kind of thing because that's kind of what ended up happening. I played a lot of a lot of snaps early on. And it was just like until I was like forced to not be able to play snaps, you know, because I got hurt. So I guess that's the thing that we don't have. Um, there's a lot less worry now. We know that we have guys that have done it and been in every four instead of having a room full of six freshmen that have never played before and four upperclassmen, you know. So I guess that's the biggest difference is that we don't have worry. And then, I mean, I played my sophomore year and did pretty good. So I'm confident in them that they can do it too. So that's big. Hey, Mustafa, Kyle Fredrickson with the Denver Post here. If, if games do end up being played this season, it seems pretty certain that they won't be in full stadiums. Uh, what do you think it's going to be like for you and your teammates to play in maybe a, a half full Folsom Field or, or even less than that? Is that something you guys also have uh, talked about? <laughs> it's, yeah, no, we definitely talked about that. That's going to be really weird because you being loud and like having people there cheering us on. So, I mean, this is a pop warner, I guess, where we have little to few people coming out. If the end of the day, if we're out there playing football and we know what we're here to do. So, we're just going to play ball. <laughs> hey, Mustafa, just curious on for you personally. Another thing is that we have to, a lot of like, we, What were you saying? Oh, sorry. I, I thought you were finishing something there. But uh, for you personally, you mentioned coming off of injury. I'm curious how you're feeling and just how excited you are to get back on the field and, and get back to kind of the level you were at two years ago as opposed to the battling injury last year. Yeah. No, I'm I'm good. I'm 100%. I've been out running, playing basketball, doing all kinds of stuff. So, like, I'm good now. I'm really excited to get back because I know this is my my season that I got to take control of and I know that I got to show out just like I've done before and I know that it's all on the line for me right now. So that's probably what I'm really excited for that. I love the pressure of it and I'm ready to go. <laughs> hey, Mustafa, this is Chase Howell. Um, I believe I saw you post a photo of yourself at one of the protests. Like, How important is it for you to be an activist in your community, and what are some of the ways you're hoping to use your platform here going forward? Uh, yes, yeah, so that I did post something. Um, I mean, I think it's very important whether I was playing football, like whether I was at a big time college or not, it's always important to support things that happen. And I mean, I don't know. I just feel 
it's really important because like literally just the other day I actually was like I don't know what it would be called but like I was like shown this like mistreatment and I, the only reason I could think it was because of the color of my skin because like I don't know it was an incident whatever not that big of a deal but like it happens every day to anybody whether it's me that's sometimes someone that's playing football or that, whether it's a regular person that's walking down the street and I think it's very important for all people not just like people of color to be active but for people that support it and think that there is wrong going on very well said is there anything else from Mustafa before we let him go and, and move on to Will here all right well Mustafa appreciate the time uh, very much and good luck with all the workouts moving forward and and we'll transition over to questions for Will all right thank you have a good one all right, I'm back again. Before I let you guys hear from Will Sherman, uh, I do want to tell you about our great friends over at MSU Denver online. Uh, actually, Ali Monroy, who you guys know well, and Harrison Wind, who covers the Nuggets for DNVR, but went to see you, and I actually think you guys are going to be hearing from him on this podcast pretty soon, uh, talking about some Tyler Bay stuff, but... Uh, they're both taking classes, and they're both really enjoying them. And it's just so cool what MSU Denver has done, which has really emphasized their online classes. They decided that that's what they can do to really separate themselves, and they've become the preeminent online university in the Rocky Mountain region. Uh, their learning results are about the same, whether you are taking in-person classes or online classes, um, whereas at most schools, there's sig significantly smaller success rate if you're taking those online classes. But because of this emphasis that they're really putting on their online uh, options, you're seeing... I mean, you're seeing it become a really good online school. Uh, it's really cool. And, you know, I've talked about all the different reasons people might want to go uh, to uh, a school, whether they've done it before, uh, whether they started before, or whether it's just never happened. It's it, it, Right now is such a good time. Even if you aren't totally sure that you're trying to change for career fields or whether you can get ahead, if you are, like many of us, finding a couple extra hours on your hands per day, why not funnel some of those into taking these classes? Whether it's something that you're interested in actually getting into career-wise or something you're just interested in learning about. Maybe you're thinking about trying to get into accounting, and so why not go take like an accounting class, see if you like it, and if you like it, then maybe you decide to go through the whole thing. Um, it's It really is cool what they've put together. There's so many different options you have. There are over 40 online programs that'll get you a degree. There's over 750 online classes that you can take. Um, and some of those will put you on a path to a degree. Uh, I really hope that you guys are taking advantage of this. Um, it's it's so cool. Um, just go to msudenver.com slash online for more information and uh, to see if maybe it's the right fit for you. Okay, here is Will Sherman. All right, Will, how's it going? Um, good, how are you guys doing? Good, good. Any questions for Will, guys? Uh, this is Henry Chisholm from DNVR. I'm just curious uh, about the switch. You're listed as left tackle now on the depth chart. Um, was that something you wanted? 
Uh, how has working there been? Uh, just like generally, what's up with that? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. Um, so 2019, obviously we had Arlington Hambright come in and transfer. So um, Coach Kapilovic and I had a talk about, you know, bettering the team, me moving to right and Arlington um, playing at left. And, you know, once Arlington graduated, I was going to move back to left. So I'm excited to do that, uh, you know, show some versatility, you know, being able to play right and left. So I'm really excited. And, you know, with drills and whatnot going on, um, you know, I'm starting to get back in the groove of playing at left tackle. feels really good. Hey, Will, just right on that note, uh, Justin Guerrero from Rivals here. Uh, where are you more comfortable, at the left or on the right? And uh, from a, a player's perspective, when you're on the line of scrimmage, what kind of different challenges come with the territory of playing on the left versus playing on the right, if there, there are any differences there? Definitely. And, I mean, I like that you asked that question because the goal is, I mean, really my goal is right now, is there for to be like no difference at all? You know, just be smooth at the right, smooth at uh, left, and you know, maybe able to, maybe even be able to play guard if I need to. Uh, like I said, just be, be as versatile as possible. Um, but I mean, for right now, there definitely are you know some differences. Just getting in the right stance, you know, taking a smooth pass set. Um, you know, it's weird because in 2018 I played left, and then I moved to right, and then now I'm moving back to left. So. Um, like I said, I'm trying to just, you know, be fluid at both is really the goal. Hey, William, Adam Munster-Tiger, kind of take us into these voluntary workouts. What do they look like? How do they kind of compare to the way you guys worked out before? And then when you leave the facility as a leader, are, are you guys trying to keep, uh, you know, the risk kind of limited? Uh, you know, how are you guys going about your day-to-day -to, -day to kind of keep uh, the risk again kind of lower than uh, maybe in the past? Uh, so the new workouts, I love them. I get to sleep until like 10 o'clock. Um, I'm done at one o'clock, uh, eat lunch, and then I have the rest of the day to myself to, you know, go over film or um, what we're doing outside is, you know, trying to just meet with a small amount of people and, you know, go over plays, you know, just do extra stuff while just being very, very cautious. Hey, William, it's Brian at the uh, Bola de la Cambra. Uh, you know, you mentioned Coach Cap, and I know a lot of you guys really liked him. And uh, so I'm curious, you know, how you guys have gotten to know Coach Rod and uh, your first impressions of him as you guys have uh, been in meetings with him over the last few weeks. Yeah, it was it was pretty difficult at first, just because, you know, they obviously came here, and then right before spring ball, we got sent home, so we haven't really gotten to get on the field with him. Um, so that's something I'm really looking forward to. Um, but, I mean, other than that, you know, Zoom meetings, he's old school. He's very smart. Um, he loves the physical line, so I'm very excited to work with him. Hey, Will, this is Neil Welk, uh, cubuffs.com. How much catch-up do you guys have to play? I realize everybody else is in the same boat, but when you not having spring ball, new head coach, new coaching staff, uh, how much catch-up do you have to play once you are able to get back out on the field? Uh, a lot. You know, time is of the essence right now. I mean, we're still trying to learn a new playbook, um, get familiar with our coaches and their techniques and how they like things done. We still have to get on the field coach Durrell. So, I mean, you know, there's a lot of catching up to do. And, I mean, you know, even within our program, we have, you know, schools in the conference that we need to catch up to, like Oregon and Utah. So, I mean, we have a long ways to go, but – you know, we're making, you know, since since we've been back, we've been making good progress. Um, guys are excited to be back, and, you know, we've been working really hard. So I'm glad to see that. 
Hey, well, it's uh, Brian Howell again. We asked Mustafa this, but I was curious your thoughts on uh, whether you have concerns about playing uh, football at this point in time with coronavirus going on and what kind of conversations you and your team have had about workouts and playing. Uh, I mean, it's pretty – everybody's trying we're, – we're being pretty optimistic. Um, everybody wants to play. You know, we're here now. We're working out. Um, we're trying to be very cautious, you know, not to spread it or to get it. So, I mean, we're really just – we're being very optimistic. Um, everybody is hoping for it, hoping uh, that we have a season. Um, hopefully we don't have an outbreak. I know Clemson and Kansas State, um, Oklahoma State, and some other schools, Alabama, I think, had outbreaks. So, we're just trying to prevent that. So, you know, at least maybe we can have just a, a, a season with just conference teams, something like that. Hey, Will, this is Kyle Fredrickson with the Denver Post. I'm curious, when you came back uh, and got onto campus and, and took your physical and your COVID test, what was that test like? Did they stick that big swab up your nose? Was it kind of uncomfortable? Just just go through that process with us a little bit. Um, I mean, I was pretty nervous just because um, just traveling and, you know, going through Denver International Airport, you know, a lot of people obviously come and go through there. So, um I was pretty nervous, just and I was hoping that I didn't have the antibodies, and I didn't, so, um, and we didn't have to, you know, do the horrible swab, you know, it was an easy swab, and, you know, quick and efficient. Well, building a little bit off your, your statement of time is going to be of the essence, leaders are always important, but how much more important are they this year with the, the guys like you that are the elder statesmen? kind of take control and, and, and push and lead everybody uh, through this, this comeback as you guys, you know, have to, have to, you know, build very quickly. Yeah. I mean, I think once, once coach Tucker got fired, you know, a bunch of guys, uh, Nate Landman, Mustafa, KD, me, you know, we kind of just had to talk with ourselves and the team and we told each other, like, there's not going to be a coach that comes in here and saves this program, you know, and takes us to a Pac-12 championship, takes us to a national championship. You know, we have to do that. We have to set a culture. So, I mean, when we all went home, you know, we tried to hold each other accountable, make sure everybody was working out, trying to stay in shape. And, um, I mean, now that everybody's here, everybody looks good. Um, so, I mean, I'm pretty excited to see, uh, you know, how we look when we get on the field and, you know, lead the linemen this year. So, William, I'm just curious, like, how how weird this offseason has been between the coaching change, COVID, everything. Have you guys just been able to wrap your, your brains around what's going on over these last few months? I mean, I think once we got sent home, you know, we got to cool down a little bit just because it was going so fast. You know, Coach Tucker left. That was a huge surprise. Um, we got we hired Coach Durrell. Then next thing we know, spring ball is being canceled. So, I mean, it was just – you know, month after month, something new was coming up. And, I mean, just a bunch of adversity that I think we handled greatly. So, you know, I'm proud of the team for handling it the way they did. You know, we kept working. We put our head down and just worked. And, you know, like I said, you know, we, we let each other know, you know, we have to hold each other accountable from now on. I mean, this is going to be a team-led team. You know, it's going to be led by the players. So, um, yeah. Just real quick about your offensive line group. I know you lost a couple of key guys, Arlington, Tim Lanot, but, you know, mm -hmm. Colby Purcell's back, you're back, uh, Kari Coach is back. There's some experience back. So are you excited about that offensive line? Oh, I'm so excited. You know, since I've been here in 2017, this is probably the most talented and, you know, the most depth we've had on the O-line. So 
I'm excited for guys, you know, to compete because there's going to be a lot of competition and it's going to make us a lot better. So um, I'm excited to see who's going to take the right tackle spot, you know, who's going to take the right guard spot, you know, who who the best five are going to be because I know it's going to be a great five, you know, when we come out there. All right, any other questions for Will? All right, I appreciate it, Will. Thank you very much for the time, man. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Will. Thanks, Will. Appreciate it. Thanks, Chris. I think they like my Colorado swag. Cause when I'm in it, play. I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in it, go. You know I'm acting bad. Holly, get a bus with my Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. See you later, baby. baby. Colorado Army with soldiers like the Navy. Yeah. And voters where we stationed, patiently awaiting. When I hit the field, it's so hard to behave. Yeah. I'm Colorado swagging as the crowd do the wave. Look into my eyes, I can tell that you afraid. Uh -huh. Cause you know we finna hit you. Hit you. Hit you. Hit you. Hey. Hey. you on your own now. Why you watching the official? Yeah. You just better hope you make it to the next whistle. And we ain't playing with you, you can get it.